This morning as we take a look at Psalm 1. Psalm 1 is uh, the start of the Psalms, and it doesn't really give you like an overview of Psalms, but it, all of these Psalms stand alone, and so it's good for us to read them sort of alone and, and ask ourselves questions around, what is the author trying to say to us? How many of you remember having to write poetry? How many of you love writing poetry? Beautiful. Not many. How many of you understand poetry? Oh, a few of you. Okay, good. Yes, those teachers in the crowd who teach English, fine arts, good for you. You have to understand it. You may not like it. I would be one of those people who is not a creative. So this would not be my strong suit, would be, you know, looking at poetry. And on top of that, we're actually reading poetry that was written in a different language, so you know that it's difficult for it to translate, and often when we think of poetry, we want this wonderful rhyming poetry, don't we? And yet this is poetry that's really about ideas and thoughts, and certainly if we were to read it in the Hebrew language, there would be some flow to it, and it would feel different. And so uh, as we read these, these poems, these uh, words, these songs, they really became songs for the Jewish people as we read them now in the English language, I would hope that as we read them, we would read them with a sense of, God, what is it you are trying to say through these words to us because they're living and active for us today? Psalm 1 is the psalmist writing about two different approaches to life. What does life look like? And they're just, they're, look, they're making observations. They're saying, well, let's observe life. And we see people that live this way, and we have people that have chosen to live a different way. And let's just look at those two ways. As we begin uh, today, I want you to think about where is your happiness found? Now, you might already have a problem with, oh, just a minute, Reg. Why are we talking about happiness? Well, because our world sort of talks about that, and so we, we want to live life, and, and generally we would say, well, don't you want your life to be happy? And we would say, well, yeah, of course. We want it to be, actually, we'd actually say, I'd like it to be easy, but we know that isn't the case. So I'm using this in a bit of a tongue-in-cheek. Where is your happiness found? What gets you out of bed in the morning other than you're hungry or you have some place to go. What, what is it that sort of gets you out of bed in the morning? So for many people, they find their happiness, their getting out of bed in the morning in, in, could be in your job, could be in your education, going to school or, or learning, could even be found in school. As I finished high school many, many, many years ago, uh, I realized that I could actually make a lot of money. At the time, I was working uh, at, a, at a mill in Quinell, B.C., and my dad was working as a manager at a, uh, a, a, in a parts department uh, at a, a, um, a place that sold semi-trucks to loggers and other uh, organizations. And as I worked at the, at the mill, I realized that I could pick up lots of extra shifts and as I, I would work, and it would be like, and I, I looked at my paycheck, and I 
talked to my dad about what his paycheck was, and I found I was actually making more money than my dad. And I thought, that is so cool. <laughs> At 18, I'm making more money than my dad makes, and he's a manager, so he'd get called out at all hours of the day and night, and I would like show up for my shift, punch the clock, do my job, punch the clock, go home. And I, as I did that, I was working with other guys that were, some of them were similar to my age, some of them were older. And I looked at their life and I thought, wow, this would be so cool. Because they were, they were ref, some of them were, had, had come to Canada, they were wanting to, to make a life for themselves. And their idea of a life for themselves that I was leaning into was, let's just make lots of money. Let's, you know, buy houses so that we can rent them out. Whatever, whatever it was going to take was to make lots of money. And so I was leaning into that going, this is what I am going to do. I am going to find my purpose and my happiness and my joy in life in just working really hard and, and finding out how, what that was going to be like. And make money and, you know, buy a house and have a nice car and all of those things. But God had other plans. So my life didn't go in that direction. We won't talk about that today. But all of us have plans. Your plan might be, I want to get an education. I want to begin a career in a particular field. You want to work hard. You want to get ahead. And these days, sometimes I wonder what that means for us. Like I'd like to talk of, somebody said, I want to get ahead. What is get ahead of what? What are we getting ahead of? Uh, because that, I think we need to ask that question. So I want to shift the question to what is the purpose in life. And in Psalm chapter 1, we begin to see this idea of purpose. Purpose and direction are found here in Psalm 1. And everyone needs a purpose in life. Rick Warren's book, Purpose Driven Life, has hit a nerve. You don't have to be a follower of Jesus to want to have purpose in life. Every human being wants to have some purpose. For some people, in parts of our world, it is simply survival. Will I have enough to eat today? For those of us who live in North America, that is generally not the case, although there are some of that. But rather, it's about other things. Where's our purpose and direction? The Purpose Driven Life has sold more than 50 million copies. That should tell us something. There's a reason why people are picking up this book. And it's not just Christians. People are saying, what is my purpose in life? Well, let's read Psalm 1. And as we read it, I want you to think about how does this psalm describe two different people or two different approaches to life? So read along with me. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Not so the wicked. They are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment or sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. Lord, as we look at these words and we examine them and take a few moments this morning to look at these words, we pray that your, your spirit would open our eyes to see the things that we need to see, to hear the words that we need to hear, 
to direct our steps today and into the future, for we pray in your name. Amen. This psalm starts with that word, blessed. Now, if you look in Matthew uh, chapter 5, Jesus starts, blessed are, and there's, that word is used. And in the Greek, and in the Greek translation of the uh, Old Testament and the Greek translation of this particular psalm, they used a word, makrios, meaning blessed. Now, the Greeks, when they used that word, they were of the opinion that their gods were having a great time. They're, they, like, the gods had no problems. Humans had problems. The gods were above the humans. That was the way the Greeks thought of it. And so they would use this word, blessed, and it would mean enriched, contented, and fulfilled. So as it was used in the New Testament, blessed are the poor in spirit and so on, it's used here in Psalm 1 in the same way. Blessed is the man, and then it goes to the negative. So let's talk about option number one. Choices in how we can choose to live life. This is option number one. Those who choose to ignore God. That's just the first option. And it is an option. So he talks, uh, the writer talks about walk, stand, sit, and we could go into this and, and dive into this deeper. But I encourage you, if you want to do a bit of a study, look at this from the book of actually Proverbs. Walk, sit, stand. And you'll find some very interesting things there. But what I would say coming out of this walk, stand, and sit is this. Choose your associates wisely. It's talking about walking, um, walking in step with, uh, standing in the way of, sit in the company of. And, and all the words are wicked, sinners, and mockers. Those who have turned away, who've just simply chosen to ignore God. They've chosen to go their own way. The word, uh, as we look at the, this here, uh, the next verse, verse 2 says, but, so, and you, I would encourage you to look at it this way, blessed are those who delight, and I'll talk about this a bit later, who delight in the law of the Lord. Now, sometimes that word law is really hard. Like, how many of you like laws? We should all like laws, Right? Uh, one of the things that I found in being here in Saskatoon is everybody, for the most part, drives the speed limit. You go to other, like, I go home to BC, and it's like, if you're not driving 10K over the speed limit, you're holding up traffic. Here, I get on Circle Drive, and it's like 90. And I'm passing people at 90. I'm like, this is interesting. I'm saving gas. I'm driving 90. But we like laws, don't we? I mean, you, you wouldn't want to say there's no laws, drive however fast you feel, right, through subdivisions. Can you imagine what that would be like? I just feel like I can go 90 on Taylor or some of the other streets in the city. It's like, no, we actually like laws. Laws sound tough, but... Think about playing a game. What makes a game work? Rules. I, I happen to be involved with, with the kids' fun camp this week. So I was in the grades four and five. And uh, they have lots of energy. And we, were play, we would play a game during snack because every 
segment was 30 minutes, so snack, it doesn't take them 30 minutes to eat. So they would eat in about five minutes, and then they, oh, let's play games. So there was one of the games that we were playing that I actually went to the leader after a while, and I said, can we not play this game again? Because they're not following the rules. They have decided, no, we don't, need, we don't need rules to play this game. So we just didn't play that game anymore. But you can imagine what it's like to play a game with somebody who doesn't obey the rules. Anybody have a friend like that? Uh, yeah, see? I'm, I'm seeing people nodding to the person beside them. Yeah, that's the person. My, I, I, I'll call my wife out on this. There are times where when we played, you know, we would play a game and whatever the result would be, and she said, yeah, I cheated. I'm like, what do you mean you cheated? Well, yeah, I had some cards under the table. I just got rid of these ones. I didn't need those. It's like, really? Like, that's frustrating to me. It reminds me of a, a story. When I, was a, when I was a teenager, I worked for two months, uh, two summers uh, as a teenager. I worked on my uncle and aunt's ranch in Fort Fraser, B.C., and, and they, they had cattle. And if you're a farmer, you know that a cattle needs a fence, right, to keep, figure out where they are. Now, some of you have, like, open range, but these, we had fences. We always had, my uncle always had a few cattle that would crawl the fence. They would go, they were like, I don't care how tight you make that fence, I'm going through it because the grass is greener on the other side. And that's just, they, and it's like, could you just sell those cattle, please? Now, somebody else probably sold them to him because they were just known as fence crawlers. And so we want to be those who, when we look at this idea of, rules and laws, often we, see, we read that in Scripture and go, oh, that just sounds, that sounds hard. That sounds negative. And actually, it's not. It's actually for our benefit. God has given us rules for life for our benefit. Two things I would suggest are mentioned by the psalmist about those who choose to ignore God's rules for life. The first is this. There's a lack of purpose. There's a lack of purpose. Their focus is on themselves. Well, they do have a purpose then. Their purpose would be me. It's all about me. And it's all about what I can do and what I can get. And so that's their focus. But there's this lack of purpose on anything other than themselves. And they might be really good people. But their purpose is out of kilter with what God calls us to. The, the big question that we grapple with in our world, and we should, is why do I exist? Why do I exist? One of the things we did at Fun Camp this week was we asked the kids to write down a question, so this basic, right, believe, ask. On the ask day, we said, what are some questions you would ask God? And in my group, one of the questions was, why do I exist, was basically the gist of the question from a grade five. Why am I here? What's my, what's my purpose? And all of us grapple with that. What is my purpose in life? And it's a great thought. And as we come to the end of the message, I'm going to suggest to you that this week, or as you think about things, you, you actually spend some time reflecting on what is my purpose and how do I live that out? So lack of purpose. The second thing I would suggest to you uh, that are mentioned here about people who choose to ignore God's rule for life is that there's a lack of a future. So if you look at a verse a little bit further down in verse 4, it says they are like chaff that the wind blows away. Now, you live in Saskatchewan, and I went for a little drive yesterday, and the fields are growing, and I can see the harvest is coming. It's a ways away. 
But during harvest season, when I lived in Saskatchewan, when we lived here for 10 years earlier, we would, I would go out with the farmers and we would harvest. And one of the things that came out of the back of the combine was, of course, straw, but was that chaff. And there were, you would use fans to blow it off on purpose. And that's what this, the writer here is talking about. Those who don't follow God's way are like chaff. And the chaff really isn't useful. And the psalmist is using this imagery where the substance is the grain, the chaff is not used, but simply gets removed. It's a call to look for something outside of ourselves to guide us in life. Those who choose to opt God out lack the future. So that's option number one. Option number two is choose to seek God. Those who choose to seek God. So the first option was those who choose to just ignore God. These are people who choose to seek God. Verses 1, 2, and 3. The idea here is to embrace and to follow. To delight and meditate are the two words that are used here. The law of God is the way of God, the, the guidance of God. So it's looking to God for guidance and life from the one who created us. When you build something, you know how it's put together. And you know what its use is. And so you would be seen as the creator of whatever that is. Whether you're building a home, whether you are a mechanic, you understand how things work. In the same way, God knows us. He's created us. He wants us to, to be known by Him. And He wants us to live in a way that we are going to be the most fulfilled in life. In John 10.10, Jesus said, I have come that you would have life and that you wouldn't just have life, but you'd have it to the full. So that is God's plan and God's desire for us to have a full life. How do we do that? Embrace and follow. We embrace and follow the law of God. It is the way of God. To follow is to consider and then to spend time asking and listening to God's direction. So it isn't just one off. It is a continual listening, a continual hearing. As I was doing my Bible reading uh, this morning uh, in Amos, and Amos is a prophet, an Old Testament prophet who prophesied in the times of the kings. And if you read through, you know, First and Second Kings and, and First and Second Chronicles in the Bible, uh, I don't know about you, but I find often those are so depressing. The kings just did crazy stuff and they didn't follow God and they would be a description of the first person. Some of them did. Some of them did, but some of them didn't. But in Amos chapter 5 verse 14, Amos, one of the prophets, says to the people, he says, seek good, not evil, that you may live. Then the Lord God Almighty will be with you just as he says he is. God calls us to Seek good, not evil. In Romans chapter 4, Paul writes to those uh, in Rome who, has, who he hasn't met, but he says this to them. He said, blessed, there's that word again, are those whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord will never count against them. Well, who are those? They are those who have turned to face God and said, I want to walk with you. They are those who have said, it is Jesus who died on the cross. Just as we sang this morning, that it's his life that was given so that we could have life. 
And when we turn to God and say, thank you, God, for the gift of salvation found in Jesus Christ. Thank you that you have forgiven me my sins and that I can walk with you. Then we see what the writer of the psalmist is really getting at. He talks now about a picture. He gives an illustration of a tree. There's an illustration of a tree. Let's put the picture of the tree up. And this tree is filled with fruit. Don't you love that when you see that fresh fruit growing on a tree? And it's this idea of being fruitful. So the purpose in life, this life, if you walk with God, is to a life that is fruitful. Now notice what it says here. It says that a person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season, whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. It's a fruitful life. It's not a monetary fruitfulness. Sometimes we read that word prosper and go, yay! It means that everybody who follows God is going to be rich. Paul actually warns us in 1 Timothy 6.10, he says to Timothy, his student, he says that the love of money is the root of evil. It's not money, but the desire for more. And so often, it's like when I was 19, it was like this much was good, but more would be better, but more would be... I think it would have been a never-ending cycle. It wouldn't have mattered. wouldn't have mattered. So the love of money, the desire for more... So when, when the psalmist is writing about being fruitful, he's actually talking about something different. He's talking about what is this fruitfulness? God is providing it for us. The fruit of a life that has deep roots in God includes living with a purpose, living with a, a way of living. In Micah 6, 8, it's simply this. Here's, here's some of the fruit. He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? And here's, here's a fruitful life. To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. Now think about that for just a minute. To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. You know, that sounds like, when I read that, it's very active, but it's also very peaceful. It's God doing the work to act justly. God, what is, what is the just thing to do here? That's active. How do I live justly? Probably in your life as in mine. There are things that have happened in your life that are unjust. They are. They're just, they're unjust. And that sometimes my response can be to act in the same way, to be unjust in return. Or I can choose to do something different. One of the times we rented for a while when we were living in Chilliwack, and one of the places that we rented had a hot tub. We thought, oh, this is great. When we moved in, it didn't work. Like, okay. So, I, you know, I was working with, a, with a, a realtor who was overseeing this rental. So I said, can I get the hot tub working so that we can use it? Yes. So I got it working, and we were able to use it. Our kids loved it. It was a wonderful thing to have in, our, in the backyard. Uh, then we moved in a year, and at that point it had stopped working again. So I was working now with a different realtor, and the different realtor came to me and said, you need to make that hot tub work. And I said, it wasn't working when we moved in. No, 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 it doesn't say anything here. You have to get this hot tub working. So it was actually, it was winter. 
And so there was, you know, this is Chilliwack, so it's not like 40 below. But it was, there was snow on the ground, and it was cold, and you know hot tubs are kind of down low. And, and so I argued with them for about two weeks, and they said, no, you have to get it working. And I finally went, okay, I'm going to do the right thing. Unjust on my side, I'd be like, this isn't fair. And it's like, no, it doesn't matter if it's fair. So I went, and I fixed it, and I got it working for the next tenant to use. And I was like, and I mean, Brenda and I just talked about it and just said, this is the right thing to do. This is the act justly. To love mercy means that we would be those who would be receive mercy from God through Jesus, but we also are those who give mercy, who respond with grace. Uh, we just traveled to uh, Alaska, and we saw, you know, oh, was it a cruise? Did you? We went to see our kids. We helped them move, and we helped them start building a new house. So yes, it was a very relaxing vacation. Not really, but it was fun. One of the things that I thought was so interesting, we got in this, in the, so we got transferred, we, we took a hotel in Anchorage on our way back, and we get in a van, and as we're in this van, all of a sudden, we, the, the guy in the van is playing Christian music. Okay, so it's a song that Brenda and I know, so we're both sort of humming as we're driving, and we're doing this thing, and it's like, okay, this is great, and he's driving us, and as we get to the hotel, somebody is doing the wrong thing. They're coming out of the inn, and you're not supposed to do that, and this driver who's singing along to the music all of a sudden loses his mind, and he's honking the horn, and he's yelling, and I, and I just felt like, Ugh! that was just like jerk me around. Like, we're just singing praise to God, and now we're just like, Rrr! like, it's amazing how the human heart can go to those places. Don't, are you thinking of yourself? Like, you've done this. So have I. We've done this. We're just like, boom. It's like, God, how do we love mercy? How do we love mercy? And then how do we walk humbly with God? Listen. You know what? There's times where I read the scriptures and go, I don't like it. I don't want to read that verse. I don't want to listen to what it says to me. But I do. Because I'm going to walk humbly with my God. Jesus also uses the imagery of a plant. In John 15, verse 4, he says, Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. So the psalmist in Psalm 1 is talking about you need to, those roots go down deep. And Jesus is saying the same thing. We need to stay connected to God for us to be fruitful. That our strength comes from Him. So the first thing was life is fruitful when we walk with God, but life also sustains hardship. Where it says in that psalm, whose leaf does not wither. The tree can remain fruitful even when difficulties come. We've had some, yesterday was a pretty hot day, wasn't it? It was hot out. And if you have plants out, and particularly if you have them in pots, they don't, you, you know, you're probably watering, I don't know if you're out there watering twice a day, or you're just trying to keep them alive in this heat. And the idea here is that plants get stressed, but how do you keep them alive? They need a source of water. And that water is God. The source is the Word and the Spirit. The Bible is God's Word to us. The Holy Spirit is God's presence in us 
to help us to live out the words of God. We cannot do this without Him. These roots need to go deep and draw strength from Him. I love this, this picture of this background, right? You've got the river flowing, and it looks very high there compared to what it looks like these days. But all of those trees are along the river. They're growing. Why? Because their roots are getting sustenance from the river. In the same way, that's what the psalmist is talking about. In, ver- in the last verse here, uh, it says, For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. Those who follow after God, you need to know that when we look at that last verse, and when we look at those of us who are walking with God and those who are not, that God is actually watching and encouraging. The psalmist shows us that God is intimately involved. He sees. He looks on all. So he knows our hearts. He he knows what's in us, which is scary. Because we know how quickly we can turn. But he also wants what's best for us. He's listening. He's watching. He's encouraging. So as we close this morning, I want you to think a little bit about now what? I want you to think, uh, even this week, just take some time and say, what's, what's my purpose in life? Where are you seeking happiness? Take some time over the summer even just to ponder the question. I think it's a great question. Like what is it that's giving me purpose in life? Even when I worked at, the, at, the, at a mill, I realized that, that over time I realized that mill was simply providing me an income and an opportunity to share the gospel with the people I worked with. It provided me an income that allowed me to give to my local church and to others And it allowed me an income to be able to serve God in other ways. And so I would say, what was my purpose? It wasn't, yay, I get to go and make money. It was, yay, I get to use the money that I make, first of all, to invest in people's lives that I worked with. And then to say, God, what is it that you have for me? What are are other things you want me to do? How can I serve you? So I love that we did basic, right? S was serve. So purpose in life is where we, where we stop and say, how do I serve others? How do I act justly, love mercy, walk humbly with my God? What does that look like in service? So no matter what age you are, you might say, well, I'm, I'm, too, I'm, I'm too old, I'm too infirm, I, I can't serve. You know, you know I, I, I love senior saints who walk with God, who serve by praying. I talked with my parents this week and my mom and dad, they, we pray for you. Just want you to know we pray for you. That's all we can do. It's like, no, no, don't ever say that's all you can do. Please don't ever say all we can do is pray. Prayer moves mountains. Prayer changes things. So praying is so important. But we're, how do we seek happiness? There's transformation in Jesus Christ. Renewing of our minds. What purpose do you have? How is God, second question would be, how is God showing you his ways? How is God showing you his ways? He wants to. You know, this, but verse 6, he's watching, he's, he's looking. He wants to show you his ways. Would you make time to read and meditate on God's word? It said earlier, those who meditate on the word of God. What, what is God saying to you as you meditate on his word? Just listen, he wants to speak to us. Sometimes that's a new thing. 
even for followers of Jesus, like God actually wants to talk to me? Yes. He wants to talk to you every single day, every moment. Uh, even as we go through experiences, God, what are you trying to teach me in this moment? And then lastly, I would say, what can you do to keep your roots growing deeper into God? And I would go back to that word, meditate. Memorize and contemplate God's word. So here's, here's your assignment for this week. To, to memorize a portion of Psalm 1. And you say, I'm not good at it. So get, let me give you some steps. First thing I want you to do is actually go home and write it out. Physically write it out. You might want to type it on your computer, but it's way better if you actually write it out by hand. It actually sticks in your brain better than if you type it out on a computer. And then, so you write it out by hand, and then put it somewhere where you're going to see it at least once or twice a day. My suggestion would be you put it in your bathroom mirror, or you put it somewhere in your kitchen where you, where you, you know, end up a number of times a day, or put it right on your fridge. How many of you go to the fridge? Yeah, well, you go to the fridge, then put it on your fridge, and then read it every time you see it. Take time to actually read it. So this is the way I'd like you to write this verse. So we're going to write it in this way. Blessed is the one who delights in the law of the Lord. Now, you'll notice I took a chunk out. So I'm, I'm focusing on the positive here, but it's just simply, blessed is the one who delights in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Just that chunk. How many of you are up for that this week? Memorize that. Yes. Okay, a few of you. Some of you might think about it later. And you don't need to tell me if you will or won't. And I'm not going to give you an assignment and ask you next week if you can repeat it. But work at this. Meditate on God's word, on his law. Let our roots grow deeper into him. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this time to spend in your word and to ask you, what does it look like to walk with you? Lord, we, we know that in the psalmist writes about people who've chosen to ignore you and then people who've chosen to follow you. Lord, I pray that if there's people here who have just like, I don't know what choice I'm making, or I've, I've made a choice, but I need to make a different choice. Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would guide them toward yourself to receive what you have for them. A life with purpose. A life that acts justly, that walks with mercy, that walks humbly with you. Lord, I pray that this morning as we seek to live for you, that you would help us as we, as we want our life to grow deep into who you are. That we would meditate on your word, that we would listen to the voice of your spirit in us. And as we do, we know that you prosper us. Not, we don't prosper ourselves. You prosper us. You make us fruitful. Lord, I pray that you would make us fruitful this week. For we pray this in your name and for your glory. Amen.